an enraged potter shoves their rival into the kiln. The victim knows none of their combustible material will survive the firing and scratches a quick note into a piece of clay beside them. Is it a clue to the murder? Is it a hint at the motive? No. It's Dying Message, the detective anime mystery podcast. Welcome to Dying Message, where each week we watch detective anime along with a mystery guest. Today's case, Detective Academy Q, Episode 40, Duel, The Headless Woman. I'm your lead investigator, Noah Max Levine, although on a recent trip to Snacktooth Island, I ate a Scoopy Banoopy and my arm turned into ice cream, so I guess you can call me Noah Bugsnacks Levine. <laughs> okay, Noah. <laughs> Is that too specific of a reference? Bugsnacks? Yeah, you go to an island and you catch snacks that are also bugs and you feed them to people and they turn into those foods. Oh. (laughs) What I should do is tell people what happens on this podcast, which is usually what we're doing, is watching anime, bringing on a mystery guest and talking through it. You don't have to watch the anime, but we're definitely going to spoil what happens. So if you want to watch it, you should watch it first. And now let me introduce our resident anime expert, Michael Savitsky, and I will break that down in case we have any new listeners. Michael, (laughs) you are the resident here because you live here with me. We live together. Mm. You're the anime expert because you've seen a lot of it and certainly way more than me. And you're Michael Savitsky because that's what it says on your birth certificate. Is all of that correct? That's all correct. As as you know, since our last recording, I went ahead and figured out all the anime I've ever watched, and it's between movies and series, like over... 480 things well i've truly spent uh like more than a half a year of my entire life like cumulative just watching anime so (laughs) wow um what have you got for us today michael uh sure so uh they didn't talk about them too much but a lot of the construction of the neighborhood uh, in this episode is based around uh, these Jizo statues, which you've probably seen them in anime. They're on the roadside. They're often seen in like countryside or on hills or mountains. They're these little cute little Buddha-esque statues yeah, uh, with like a red scarf or a red hat. And the, the story behind them is like interesting and weird. Basically, there was in Japanese Buddhism a belief that for a period of time, uh, if children died when they were still children, they didn't have enough karma to go to heaven, so they were like stuck in limbo on the on the side of the river, like the the Japanese version of the river sticks. This deity Jizo uh, Bosatsu decided to change things up, so he hides the spirits of children in his sleeves and takes them over to the afterlife, okay. so that they aren't in limbo forever. And you, they're like people will like make a scarf or make a hat for them or leave offerings at these statues every time like their child is like sick or survives an illness and they're thankful or, or something like that are these the statues that appear in super mario odyssey you can you can be them oh that's true yeah yeah because they've got the little red hat uh, which is very hat. uh mario <laughs> well yeah the, there's a weird connection to jesus jesus statues explained in this episode that's like a blinker you miss it um so i'm glad that i know more about them now than i did Five minutes ago. (laughs) Um, So let's meet our mystery guest who I I think personally uh, of our mystery guests who have had to watch individual episodes to join us. I think this was a good, uh, good one to watch. And I'm excited to see what she thinks. So let me tell you who is our mystery guest today. Our mystery guest this episode is a comedian and visual artist. She recently learned to roller skate, pole dance, and polar skate, which is doing both of those things at the same time. And one time, she solved the mystery of the vanishing dongle. I've cracked the case. It's Sophia Demopoulos. Hi. (laughs) Welcome. What a good intro. You did a better job. I should have thought of something to say when you introduced me. Well, the the whole, we're trying to like riff as it comes, but sometimes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like improv, like be funny. Okay. (laughs) Just be, just be, uh, just be. Just be, man. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, um, I watched this episode with my little brother. He's 
just gotten, I think, over the quarantine, pretty in the anime. He was telling me the difference between like shonen and shoujo. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. He likes shonen better. I think that's not the romance one. Yep. Um, because he's uh eleven, so he's not. <laughs> he's quite literally there the, yet. the demographic for shonen anime. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Yeah. Did he like the show? He liked it. He said that since we were not starting from the beginning, he couldn't feel connected to the character. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Um, He said that some of the some of the like acting was sort of seemed like melodramatic, like shoujo, and he would have appreciated a bit more action. But um, (laughs) but that you know to each their own he watched the whole thing with me it was fun neat um so your brother your younger brother has seen a lot of anime it sounds like yeah he's gotten into it i don't know he's probably watching dragon ball or something he likes um he keeps asking me to watch full metal alchemist with him uh have you watched that noah has not i have yes well maybe maybe we'll see It's pretty neat, but it's sometimes a lot. Is it long? Okay. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is about 52 episodes, I think, I want to say. It's not too bad. But before watching this episode with your brother, how, how much anime had you seen in the rest of your life? I was big into Pokemon when I was a kid. Um, I know that's probably, that like probably doesn't count. Um, sure it does. I, my ex liked anime. Uh, we'd watch sometimes, but it was mostly for him. I remember there was one we watched that was like about like a genius brain surgeon murder mystery thing. It might be. Monster. Kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched that. We've seen the beginning of that. It was, yeah, he was like saying it was his favorite. And I was having. I kept falling asleep. <laughs> We're not together anymore. Yes, your younger so. brother would not have uh, n- not enjoy the level of action in Monster either. <laughs> yeah, deliberate. Yeah, Pokemon, Monster. Uh, Just exclusively anime lot. with Monster in the title. <laughs> oh, there we go. You know. Anyway, yeah, that I would say is the full extent. Although I will, I I feel like I don't know anything about anime. And I'm like not like I'm not up to date, <laughs> but a lot of I have a lot of friends who are. I'm like the odd one out, so I guess I need to just bite the bullet and get into it so I can relate to other people. <laughs> I would say of the people we've had on our podcast, I don't know. We're I'm just guessing somewhere around half have are probably people that have like watched anime a bunch, and the other half are people who have like only watched anime because like a friend or family mm-hmm. member or someone was like you now watch this with me so that's yeah i mean common. i like animation so no cool so so you've you've seen some here and there but it's not your yeah. i'm by no means an expert or connoisseur you're not swinging or... it by the gallon filling up no. your camel pack with anime when you go out on the trail that no. sort of thing no, certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> certainly not. <laughs> Since I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, but the other the other ingredient in this uh, cookie, if the anime is the dough, this is the chocolate chips, is the mystery. So, are you do you watch a lot of mysteries or enjoy mysteries? I mean, I'm talking books, movies, TV shows, podcasts, socks with question marks on them. <laughs> I'd say that, like, that was, like, my number one activity or, like, thing I would watch with my mom would be, like, a British murder mystery series. She really likes those. So when I still lived at home, we would watch a lot of those together as bonding. I like shows that have, like, a strong woman detective lead. <laughs> I'm very into that trope. <laughs> don't know why veronica mars um i was have you seen the fall with um oh yeah i saw i saw the first two seasons 
I think that's all I've seen as well, but I liked Stella, Stella Gibson. I liked that character. Uh, uh, played by Jillian Anderson, I want to say. Jillian but... Anderson, yeah, that's it. Fashion icon. So, it's likely, based on uh, based on what you've told us so far, that this was your first murder mystery slash detective anime. It was. It was. Other than Monster. Yeah, Monster's actually pretty detective-y, so that was... I said yes, but I meant no. But he's a doctor, not a detective. He's not a detective, <laughs> but he like works with detectives or like the detectives are working against him. I think that counts and I'm just a bad listener. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. me too, because I forgot what I said. So <laughs> I think I just told you that I watched another detective anime. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I forgot, but not really. I kept falling asleep. So I didn't fall asleep during this one because I watched it at 10 a.m. So. <laughs> it's very different very different tone um i love the melodrama i'm excited to talk about that and this is episode 40 we're actually um we've only got two more episodes of our podcast where and then we're gonna finish this anime because there's so little left oh so you've watched 39 episodes of this and mm-hmm. done 39 podcast episodes no 22 Wow! We, we combine all of the uh, story arc episodes. Like there, there's like anywhere from two episode blocks to five episode blocks that are one mm. mystery, and we do those in a single episode. Of the this podcast. was only one episode mystery, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. which yeah. was funny because I kind of thought that they were like opening it up to like be a season long story arc at the end, <laughs> but but I guess we can um yeah wait till we get to well the they're end. playing into some of the ongoing stuff, which is a great uh, transition point because Michael. There's there's someone out there who's listening to this podcast episode and they haven't watched the show or listened to our podcast before. So what can we tell them about Detective Academy Q? Sure. Detective Academy Q is basically the story of a group of middle schoolers who are attending DDS, the Don Detective School, where they're learning to be detectives so that they can uh, succeed the school headmaster, Don Morihiko, as the lead investigator assisting the Japanese police. And we've recently come into the plot where they're facing against Pluto, a diabolical organization that plans perfect murders and sells them to people for half of their life assets. Yeah. There's a lot of details that don't come up in this episode, but it's good background. It's very good background. I'm assuming that was Pluto. There was like a little stinger at the end where like some mm-hmm. people were like evil on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Diabolical phone people. Talking on yeah. the phone about Ryu, um, who right. is really front and center in this episode. So I want to I, I, I want to start by talking about Ryu. But before we do that, I've got to ask you about the opening song. Uh-huh. I'm also curious if your if your brother had any comments. <laughs> he was like, "Ooh, this could be a shonen," but then it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, the opening kind of gives it that actiony feel, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 there was a lot of text on the screen. I appreciated that. It reminded me of like when I was like being an art major, and someone would make like a video piece, and there'd be like so much text in it, and. <laughs> And then it was like art. <laughs> so yeah. It reminded me of that. It's like, wow, I can't read all of this. There's the credits of the people, and then there's the uh, Japanese like transliteration, and right. then there's the English and translation. There's like, and there's the like karaoke part. Yeah, you got to pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Well, it was fun. It was fun. I liked the translation, it seemed like pretty deep. It was like about purity and <laughs> <laughs> something else i just remember like i can't escape my feelings or something like that and i was like oh okay we're getting real (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of feelings in this episode yeah this uh, this episode i was like wow everybody's traumatized on this show (laughs) a little bit a little bit starting with the blue-haired character who goes by the name of ryu Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um what what he what do you think of ryu after watching this episode I thought, wow, he's so mysterious. He's only 12. Stop being weird. But like, um, he seemed like the bad boy character. I liked his hair. (laughs) 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 What did I think of Ryu? I don't, I, he's an orphan. He like seemed mysterious. I don't know. Mysterious orphan type. Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting because you mentioned that he's only 12. 
he could be 12 through 14. We don't know how, like, where they are in middle school. But it's crazy, right? Because you were watching this with your 11-year-old brother, who's mm-hmm. probably fairly close in age to the age these characters are supposed to be. Right. And my little brother seems a lot... I don't know. I would not be comfortable with him going out to solve mysteries by himself <laughs> in, like, a maze at night. But... um but I guess if he wanted to. Yeah, I feel like for, we know for sure that Q is 14. And I think Ryu is okay. either the same age or slightly older. So they're probably they're probably closer to 14, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And this is relatively little danger compared to some of the dangerous uh, situations they've been in. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've joked about Scooby-Doo type episodes before. But this is truly... I did get a big Scooby-Doo vibe from this. <laughs> yeah, this was big truly the Scooby-Doo. most Scooby-Doo yeah, episode that we've yeah. had. Oh, I guess that <laughs> is true because of the way the end unfolds. Ooh. I mean, the whole thing. It's literally, there's a ghost in this neighborhood. And now the neighborhood's going, like, people are getting scared and yeah, away. And they have to, like, <laughs> they have to, like, unmask the ghost and, like, reveal the like reveal the trickery that made it seem magical and then, and then they have to try and they there's even a trap at the end i wasn't even making that strong connection <laughs> yeah it was no it felt very scooby-dooey i thought that um so i would say that ryu doesn't have a direct counterpart in scooby-doo in the scooby-doo <laughs> universe <laughs> Maybe I feel like Ryu's closest counterpart would be like, did you ever watch The Witch's Ghost, the Scooby-Doo like feature length movie with the Hex Girls? I haven't seen it in a while, but I have seen it. Do you remember the Hex Girls? They were very formative for me. But um... <laughs> Ryu could be a Hex Girl? Yeah, I feel like Ryu's Scooby-Doo <laughs> universe counterpart is like a Hex Girl, like like dark and mysterious. One of them had blue hair. Personally, I think he's a Daphne. A Daphne? <laughs> We didn't see all of them, but there's a there's five main characters. You see them in the okay. opening and the ending song, mm-hmm. so it's like there's got to be one for each of them. And right. this is a ra- this is a rabbit hole, and it's rabbit season, so you know we got to be careful. <laughs> I liked the little puppy character. Oh, the the actual dog. Yeah, that was. I guess he's the Scoob. I don't know. <laughs> Only appearing in this episode as part of the mystery, but there's two other main characters in this episode. One of them is the main character of the show, Q. He has that he has that classic anime hair. I feel his hair is like a half-assed attempt at being anime hair because it's got like this really lame right. little white tuft and his very generic haircut. Yeah, I remember thinking that actually his hair like looks like how anime hair looked when I would like try to draw it in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> like kind of spiky and I'm like, this isn't quite what I was going for. Yeah, this show is from like 2003 through 2004, so maybe oh, someone so maybe stole your sketches kind of, oh, yeah. and sent them to Japan. Um, yeah, <laughs> probably. Wait, so you were drawing anime characters in middle school despite like not watching not, anime? Yeah, well, because I said um, a lot of my friends are big into like anime and um, I don't know, I just kind of did it to fit in. With the other weirdos <laughs> you know that th- that thing you did in high school to fit in it's like i joined the football team you know i like sh- i like went to the mall and sh- and shopped brand name i know i like or whatever i like got into a subculture <laughs> so that i could fit in with like the weird art girls at the corner table in the cafeteria it's like uh the person who's the the top of the clique is the person whose drawings have the biggest eyes well definitely definitely there was some social status among my art friends of like who could draw the best anime people um it was julia (laughs) damn it julia i know (laughs) someone coming in in the middle of the night and erasing and redrawing her characters so that they're less less cute so that they're like a bit shitty like i just like (laughs) came in and like would like redo the hands like that's me erase sorry uh no no video but yeah i would erase my hands <laughs> well not really I, oh god i've gotten derailed but i was riffing and imagining a universe <laughs> where i would erase the hands and like redraw the hands because i wasn't that good at drawing hands and so yeah. it would kind of ruin the whole picture It'd be like this beautiful drawing but then these two like <laughs> like monster claw hands <laughs> I'm 90% sure that this is BS and you're not admitting to sabotaging your your art friend in middle school, but you know. I wouldn't destroy a beautiful 
a beautiful drawing. I know it's sacred. But I think what we were talking about was Q mm-hmm. because he has the anime hair. He also mm-hmm. has the anime protagonist unfounded unending optimism. Okay. What I thought was cute was how um, he liked to hang out with his mom <laughs> and they would like solve mysteries with the mom because I just watched an episode of this sh- this other show that is not an anime. My family likes watching like family sitcoms <laughs> and so we were watching this show called the goldbergs and they were being like all mean to the mom because she's not cool and they were like me i want to hang out with your mom and i so i appreciated that q included his mom in the murder mystery sucks so i was just feeling bad for the mom from the other show so it seemed like he was nice to his mom and uh that's nice. <laughs> well, you know, we've seen his mom on and off from the beginning of the show. Um, and she is like there all throughout this episode. She's a very important part of it. But she doesn't yet. No name. <laughs> She's just mom. <laughs> oh, okay. That was my main observation. I, he he was the first one who saw Makoto and then... And he was like, you can see her too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a fun moment. Yeah, I liked that. I guess that's not really an observation. That's just (laughs) something that happened. (laughs) I observed this moment. (laughs) I I will say the other thing about mom who's who's important in this episode is like 90% of her appearances have had something to do with food. So in the very mm-hmm. first episode, she sent Q out to get the groceries, which he he never brought back, and she didn't eat that night. Um, mm-hmm. And in this episode, Ryu is staying over, and she's like, "We need we need to make a big dinner, but we got to go get groceries because there's nothing in the fridge." Yeah, mom seems very complicated. Mom seems like she's had a hard time. I wonder, like, what is mom? What does the mom do? Do we know what the mom's job is? How is she putting her kid through, like, detective school? And is detective school, like, private or public? It's private. Do they pay to go there? She's paying, like, private school tuition. She's, like, a single mom. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. She, she doesn't wow. work that we know of. Yeah, I mean, maybe she got, like, a good, like, life insurance check or something from the dad. But, yeah, I was yeah. wondering. It was, it was, yeah, I was feeling sad. But she seems very... um like welcoming i was surprised that i was like did she know this blue-haired boy before or did she just like say hey move in with us um yeah and so i was sad at the end when we saw the flashback with the dad i was like oh somebody help this woman <laughs> yeah. we get some flashbacks in this episode we learn about ryu's past we learn about q's childhood mm-hmm. it's a lot it's oh a yeah lot of q's that. childhood seemed fucked up yeah all of their childhoods but this episode starts, it picks up right where the last episode kind of lefts off. So Ryu nearly died, if anyone remembers. Mm. Yeah, he was going to throw himself off a bridge. And then he's like, wait, but instead, can I just move in with you? Wow. Right. Ryu has some kind of dark destiny of because of who his grandfather is with this criminal mm. organization. And he's like, there's no way out. There's no way out. But he goes to live with Q instead. Mm. And I think Q's mom, like, has a sense that this is a bad idea because, like, he's putting them all in danger by being there. But she does welcome him in. Mm -hmm. But only after he explains that his parents are dead. Very dramatically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was the moment when my brother was like, this seems like a shoujo. (laughs) When he, he, like, slammed his fist down on the table and was like, oh. Oh. Well, you can tell your brother that this uh, the original manga was serialized in Weekly Shonen Magazine, so. <laughs> yeah, he's about to get roasted. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, back in 2003 when, I don't know, things were different then. Were they? <laughs> they were. I was younger. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. That was different. There wasn't Uber. There wasn't Uber. There was less internet. Less phones. Um, yeah. And now there's just a lot of internet mm-hmm. to go around. Now there's a lot of internet. Too much internet our, now, our honestly. <laughs> the other thing I want to call out from the first scene is like Ryu has this secret about his grandfather and his history. And he's very seriously says to Q, I can't tell you, but when the time comes, I'll tell you the truth myself. And it's like, 
there's only five episodes of this show left. Also, I feel like they all would have figured it out by now. They would have been like, oh, okay, so your your grandfather is part of the evil organization or something. <laughs> so now I think we can kind of explain what the mystery is. Because mm-hmm. they go out shopping and they're, they have to go to this other store for a sale. There's, there's this kind of humorous dialogue about all of that. And they go through this old part of town that's referred to as the maze, which was very oddly constructed. Um, there are, like Michael was talking about, the Jizo statues, and there's a whole bunch of them in the area. And apparently they took one down and someone died or something. So they're like, oh, no, we can't ever take any of these down. It's cursed. So they built the neighborhood around these statues and it, it with lots of tall walls, which doesn't seem necessary, which made it into a weird kind of maze. Well, so those those wall fences are sort of like when the construction was probably done, I would guess probably like in the 1930s, 1940s, or maybe even just post-World War II in like the uh-huh. 1950s. That's like a classical Japanese style estate. So they were probably like richer homes. Oh, okay. Or maybe multifamily homes or, you know, the combination of both. Uh, and the word that they were using was meirokoji, uh, which is uh, maze and construction. Like the, the characters are like maze and construction. So I get the impression it's like a maze created by nearby construction. I don't know. <laughs> there's uh, there's wordplay involved if you are if you speak Japanese. Uh, it's not quite wordplay. It's just the words that they used here. <laughs> hmm, but, but are they playing? Hmm. Are <laughs> we having playing. fun? <laughs> and then the, in this maze there's this story about the headless woman mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who's the ghost and you're exactly right Sophia and I guess Michael because I'm maybe the only one who didn't think about it it's totally that Scooby-Doo story of like trying to scare people away from the mill because you're digging for gold in the basement or whatnot. so she was trying to or I don't want to spoil I just like sort of didn't understand the what her goal was it's clear that someone wants people to stay away so that like this place has become abandoned and no one will move in there and they can't sell the houses and someone's trying to keep mm. it that way. Mm-hmm. And we meet but we meet this like why. this older neighborhood woman in a kimono and she's like, why are you here? The ghost is here. You should be careful of the ghost. And I'm like, okay, like this, <laughs> this lady's got like old man Jenkins energy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the maze in general is just creepy. There's no streetlights. It's full of abandoned houses. It's near mm-hmm. a train station, which should make it popular, but it isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone moved out suddenly when the housing bubble burst. No one is really walking around at night. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's all this stuff. Mom wants to go home. Mm-hmm. I liked this moment. Mom's like, let's go home. And both Q and Ryu are like, no, let's investigate the mystery. <laughs> yeah. And she's just like, oh, okay, fine. I guess I'm stuck here with you two. Like, you could go. <laughs> and leave these two children out with this head headless woman walking around, leaving mm. these two children out by themselves? I think mom was more interested in the mystery than she let mm-hmm. on. Mm. I always do this. As I'm watching it, I try to write down what the clues are. So I write in big text, clue, and then I write something down because they'll like zoom in on something. And these two things are not did not turn out to be clues. What were they? Uh, they showed like a plant on the ground <laughs> briefly. Okay. And then the, there was a whole big hubbub because the wind was picking up, which was relevant because there's wind chimes, but it wasn't like a clue in mm-hmm. and of itself. Yeah, I think, it, I think that was just supposed to be ominous. Yeah, I was actually surprised at how simple the 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 truth was i was like wow (laughs) that's actually not very scooby-dooey because usually in scooby-doo they've got like a whole rig set up they're like connected to a machine that will like let off like dry ice and like lift them over the building (laughs) and it's very theatrical and uh i mean not that this wasn't theatrical it was just more understated and like more feasible i felt more more Mm -hmm. believable than your generally scooby-doo this was a solid scheme that this person had going so what so they they encounter the headless woman what happens when they encounter the headless woman because that's the like that's the mystery we have to solve is how this woman can be headless and then disappear Mm -hmm. uh we should probably describe the the headless ghost so she's got like a blue kimono no head sandals uh, and she's carrying in one hand an old school paper lantern with a candle in it, and in the other hand a wind chime, which they hear jangling. Yeah, she's also got a deep emotional life. I mean, you're you're just talking about her physical appearance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so she like wanders on by and they're like frozen in place as they watch her. And then the second that she's out of sight, they're like, wait, let's catch her. And they run after her. And they hear the wind chimes and they chase the wind chimes into the maze, which is apparently just one long windy corridor. And mm-hmm. they get all the way to the dead end. And she's not there, but they find her lantern and there's like little holes in the bottom of the fence, which are like too small for a person Mm -hmm. to fit through. So the question is, where did she go? What happened? How how did he do? Mm -hmm. And Ryu real quick clocks, like he's checking out the lantern and he's like, hmm, the wax is hard on this candle. That was a clue. (laughs) Oh, I did write that down as a clue. So I'm doing okay. Yeah, that one (laughs) seemed like pretty, like if that wasn't a clue... Come on, guys. <laughs> like, we can't be, like, touching yeah. the candle to be like, see, the wax is hard if, we're, if it's not relevant. <laughs> I also wrote down at, at this is the scene where they find the lantern where the they've stopped drawing the groceries in their hands, which I thought might have just been laziness, but it turns out they really did just flat out lose their groceries. No, very specifically, <laughs> when they went to run, they dropped the groceries and ran uh, after. Okay. Which, which I'm like, I noticed. You just threw food away. <laughs> They did. They come back the next day and it's being picked apart by crows. Mm -hmm. And they also encountered this young girl again. Q had seen her earlier and and like Sophia said, thought she wasn't real Mm -hmm. and was surprised when other people could see her. But she comes here often to walk her like little tiny dog. Mm -hmm. The honorary Scooby-Doo of the episode. He's like scrappy-doo, I feel like. He's too too small. It's a very cute puppy and a very stoic, angry little girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the old woman is skinnier. Because she's not wearing her kimono, oh, which yeah. she like, padded up to he make herself look larger. Rude. He was like, excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> have you lost weight since this morning? <laughs> I thought it was funny. It was interesting that she was like, if you don't put padding in the front of your kimono, you can look like a floozy. And I was like, whoa, that's good to know. Because I might need to look like a floozy at some point. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. If it ever comes out, ever comes down <laughs> to it, and all I've got is a kimono, <laughs> I will know exactly how to look like a floozy. Yeah, that was so. That was a funny line. That was a funny like the towels. I don't know. <laughs> it was so simple. I really don't know if it, it's something that like actually Japanese women will do in their kimonos, or if it was just a very ham-fisted way to be like, right? this will be relevant later, accept this information. Yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be something people actually do, mm. the way they talked about it, right? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> people in Japan. <laughs> yeah, that's a good guess. <laughs> I guess we'd have to ask someone from Japan. Now, does everybody have their tissues prepared? Because it's going to get sad. Because we're going to talk about everybody's sad childhoods. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is the middle part of the episode when they go home and they they can't eat their... The, Q's mom was going to make this big celebration feast to welcome Ryu, but instead they have to have instant ramen. And he was like, my mom's usually busy, so we do this a lot. But Ryu was like, Q poured the hot water in and Ryu was about to just start eating it. <laughs> and he's like, you don't know to wait the three minutes? And this was really funny to me also because like... I was like, wait, ramen is not an American thing, but we have it enough at cups of noodles and things that I'm like, yeah, you don't just pour it in and start chomping. <laughs> I actually don't eat cup of noodles or anything like that very much. So I, I learned that from that episode. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I never did things that normal kids were allowed to do. And I was like, yeah, me neither. <laughs> Made me think of like Lunchables and like <laughs> I wasn't allowed to have Lunchables. And so I didn't yeah. like, I didn't ever have the joyful ritual of like making your little pizza that tastes like crap. <laughs> Everybody has like some of those things that their parents won't buy them. Usually. I mean, there's some kids, I guess, that get everything. <laughs> but, you know, here's a secret about Lunchables. Not good? No, you can eat, you could get them as an adult. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, the thing is, I kind of don't want them now. It's yeah. like I've kind of passed the window where, like, it was exciting. and I also did not have Lunchables. I didn't have a normal childhood either, I guess. The only time I would have Lunchables usually, well, because I, f- until high school, I went to a, a private Jewish school where we had, like, lunch in the cafeteria served every day. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really bring lunches to school when I was that age, but when I would do summer camps and need to bring a lunch, some I would have like a lunchables like once a week or once a summer or something, and always the uh, the nachos, which Ooh. is 
you know, like little tiny round chips. Oh yeah, they were like the little bowls, right? Or did they were they just flat? I, they're they're flat. They're like twice the size of a quarter, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like they're not very big, and the salsa is pretty lame, and the <laughs> cheese is like the like vending, you know, like movie theater nacho cheese, Ooh. like Velveeta y stuff. Go on. <laughs> but you know, you could like dip it in the salsa and then dip that into the cheese, and then there was always like a little packaged candy bar and a Capri Sun. So, so that was so, so that was my Lunchables experience. <laughs> My parents thought Lunchables were stupid, so I never had them. And they, they're maybe a little stupid, so that was probably fine. <laughs> well, it's all, it's all about marketing. It's all about selling them to kids and the TV shows so that you bug your parents to get them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Ryu really had a sad, sad childhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His parents died. He was raised by these people that work for his grandfather and like not allowed to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and doesn't he doesn't like know emotions or, or people or things. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Q's dad vanished when he was a kid. So we have this scene of Q like going up to his mom and being like, where's dad? And being really, really sad and crying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I imagine that's exactly the sort of thing that your brother was not looking for in anime. Yeah. This was a little vague because in this part, he's like, I don't know what happened to my dad. But later... Uh, he's like he's in the episode he's like yeah my dad died when i was a kid and his mom doesn't correct him so i'm like okay so he knows his dad's dead but not the circumstances i'm not convinced he is there's still five episodes anything could happen maybe Mm -hmm. he just disappeared like matoko's mom oh we're about to we're about to find all that out we're about to blow the lid way off this thing (laughs) but what we've got to do is we've got to do the same thing the show does so ryu and q go back and Q's mom follows them mm-hmm. to also solve the mystery. And Q gives us three hints before the commercial breaks, and then they're going to blow the lid right off the same way that... I'm like, you can't actually blow the lid off of something. Like, She already doesn't have a head. You can't blow the lid off of a headless ghost. Oh, yeah, she wouldn't shop at lids. Unless there's like a lid on the neck part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> just like a neck with a lid yeah, <laughs> like a trash can lid it's kind of like precariously up there so it just takes a little you gotta keep all the ghost bits inside very literal very literal okay. mm, thank you <laughs> so Q gives us three little hints mm-hmm. yep so hinto mitsu the first hint is uh, whether or not the ghost really went into the maze, which to me is really the hint is that she didn't go into the maze, because why would we be asking? Uh, two, the reason for the old woman's weight loss, which are towels under her kimono, we already know. And third, the reason the candle was cold, which we already can probably guess means it was never lit. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe someone had a freezer, like a little freezer pack. Oh, like the freezer guns they used to disable the bomb in the previous episode. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, two episodes ago. Two but. episodes ago, yeah. That completely normal thing. All right. So now we will all take a commercial break. And I guess we've already kind of advertised for Lunchables. Mm-hmm. And Cup <laughs> yeah, Ramen. should see if they can sponsor. Oh, yeah. Lunchables, if you're out there and you would like to sponsor us, uh, please email us at dyingmessage... Noah, please finish. Dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you email us at that address, uh, we can give you our mailing address if you just want to send us Lunchables. Well, th- th- that's the first time I've said we need to do a commercial break, and we did one. So <laughs> <laughs> That was great. Can I, can, I do, um, can I pick a brand? Yeah. How about um, Bob's Red Mill? Like, do you ever buy those? Like, there's like a whole section in the grocery store where they have, like, it's like a bunch of grains and like oats and, and granola and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Oh, is it like you fill up a bin with just great grains? You, no, it comes in bags. There's like a picture of an old man who I'm assuming is Bob on the, on the like package. And um, I don't know. I like their muesli. I would like a lot of muesli if they would like to sponsor me. Um. <laughs> Just your life and your enjoyment yeah. of muesli. <laughs> I really like it. Um, 
my the new the grocery store near my new apartment doesn't have them easily. They have they have oats and they have granola, but I'm gonna need something right in the middle of the two. <laughs> <laughs> and first, we would need to know what muesli is to get to find it somewhere else. Yeah. Oh, it's like um, yeah, it's like a Scandinavian breakfast type thing. It's like oatmeal, but there's like nuts and little bits of fruit in it. You might have to go to Sweden then to track down mm, well, the supplier. Well, as soon as a certain pandemic that will remain unnamed ends, <laughs> I'll head over to... Sorry, sorry, plot a spoiler. <laughs> Don't give away the name of the pandemic. <laughs> okay, I, I'm sorry. You you totally can. Okay. Um, yeah, we are... Uh, we are mid-November 2020 when we are recording this podcast. So, you know, we started off our podcast trying not to make pandemic jokes because... Ooh, uh, sorry. No, no, you're fine. Just in the sense of like, uh, like what if someone listens to this episode? It just hurt years? too much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we didn't have you on a five episode plot arc, which was all about uh, weaponized smallpox mm. and, uh, you know, epidemics and people people being ostracized for not wearing masks. Oh wow! <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I real. love watching movies, and then like someone like coughs in it, and I'm like, "Ooh, <laughs> this is relevant. <laughs> this is a topical film. <laughs> it's about illness." That that fabulous genre of uh, cough core. <laughs> Just topical. The genre is topical. <laughs> okay, so let's let's solve this mystery. Mm-hmm. They have set a cunning trap. For the headless woman. Mm-hmm. And the way it plays out is they follow the headless woman just like they did last time, but they mm-hmm. don't run into the maze. They stand at the entrance. I'm just going to interrupt real quick, Noah, because I, I took note oh. that when they first saw the ghost and, and uh, Hot Mom got scared, she kept saying over and over, Namu Amida Boo. Namu Amida Boo. Uh, which I was like, I feel like I've heard something like approximately like this before. Uh-huh. So I went, I went ahead and looked it up. And so what I think they were doing was like coming close to, but not like being irreverent and actually saying uh, this one uh, Japanese Buddhist mantra, Namu Amida Butsu, which means I take refuge in the Amida but- Buddha. Uh, so it's just like a little mantra that she was saying to ward off evil spirits, oh, yeah. but like not oh. quite it, not quite the whole mantra. So I think they were trying to be like reverent and not make fun of it in the show. So she yeah. just kind of almost said it. They had been told mm. if you see the headless woman twice, you die. So she was like, kids uh don't look at this headless woman again she would be very useful in a horror movie but unfortunately she's the mom on a uh murder mystery show (laughs) (laughs) and we've seen her be like a little supernatural before like she gave uh when for the aforementioned epidemic episode she gave q a little uh charm a little protective charm before she did when he went away she also gave him a whole live fish so you know that only happened in the post credits, which isn't necessarily canon. <laughs> it's canon for me. So right, so they wait. They they follow her into the maze. They don't go in though, and then they wait until they hear a scream, and they go to the source of the scream. And what do they see? Two ghosts. Oh yeah. Two headless women. <laughs> One was a man. <laughs> I thought. Well, a boy. A boy. A boy. Mm-hmm. Was yeah. was the. Were they both wearing kimonos? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So they were okay. different different colors, but but pretty similar. Okay. And what it was is they had planted another member of their group to where they knew that the lady was going to run so that she would scream. Um, and so before we see who's inside of that kimono, we see who's who's the who's the fake one that they planted. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's one of their friends that's in there. Yeah, mm. he's number three out of the five uh, Scooby Doo. Yeah, this is this mm. is Kazuma. He's the Velma. Uh, he's a computer <laughs> he's genius. The Velma? Yeah, he's a computer genius, he's rich, and none of that's relevant because all he did was he stack glasses. some towels on his head and wear a kimono in this episode. So Right. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe how I know that I've already said this twice, but it was just towels. <laughs> like I was like, How'd they make him headless? <laughs> it was like it was towels. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Thought it was like an illusion or a hologram or something. It would have been a hologram if it was to be but like post 2000 Scooby-Doo. Headless effects are pretty easy to do practically, I think, in terms of like uh, horror effects you can do on stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's also, I've seen once there's um there's like a rig. Have you seen like the head drop where it looks like your head falls off your shoulders? Oh, yeah. 
there's it's a similar thing where you're you're making the clothing go above your head so it looks like your head is falling off your shoulders. Oh. So so he stacks the towels on his shoulders and has the top of the kimono sit on the towels so it's like a foot or so above where his actual shoulders are and then just mm. sticks his small boy hands out to the side. <laughs> So that they go out the sleeves of the kimono. And I think it has something to do with the way the sleeves of a kimono works. Because in other types of robes, you might not be able to stick your arms oh, out vertically. Right. Yeah, because they're very wide, the sleeves. And it'll and so it looks... Yeah, it, it, it's a visual thing. We'll try to share some images. Or, uh, or if you have a kimono... You have a roughly 10 or 11 year old child. So Sophia, this is something you can do. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you have I, a kimono. I do have a, I have like a, I have a shirt part with like wide sleeves. I'm not sure if it's technically a kimono or not. So I would say like step one is find the child mm-hmm. and get them some Lunchables so that they agree to do this. <laughs> yeah. Step two is to like layer some towels up on their shoulders. So you do kind of a U pattern around their neck and you go up several layers until the towels are like right above their head. Mm -hmm. Step three is to put the kimono on them so that the shoulders of the kimono rest on the towels and nothing's coming out through the head. And step four is to stick their hands out through the sleeves. You also need to put sandals on them and give them a wind chime and a paper lantern. But, you know, if you want to create your own headless ghost and send them into your local urban maze, uh, please send us pictures when you do to dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com. Okay. I don't know. I don't have quite the motivation that Matoko had. (laughs) (laughs) It's just for fun with me. It's not like, uh, it's not like high stakes. Gotta save my mom or. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Makoto, because it has to be a small child. We, it's, there were only two people it could be, right? The old lady or the little girl. We literally only met two people. And we're now told it has to be a little girl. (laughs) So yeah, you were talking earlier too about her motivation. Yeah, and her mom disappeared and was just, like, at the hospital. (laughs) It was like, no one, like, found this lady's dental records or something to, like, see (laughs) if she had a kid. Like, how long was she there? Yeah, there's a couple questions here. That her mom went missing. She's been living with her uncle who wants to sell the house. And so she is scaring people away so that the house can't be sold because she's just in that that common thing of children it's like a trope of children um on tv who have lost a parent and i don't know how true it is to real life because i haven't experienced that of like no the parent's gonna come back the parent's gonna come back so you know keep leaving the door open or keeping the house or something Mm -hmm. but when but then they they just do a like a google search not a google search but essentially yeah what did he do he like looked up people in hospitals with brain injuries or something. Well, yeah, the DDS has some kind of magic missing persons, found mm. persons database that they Got were like, oh, it. there's this woman in this hospital with memory loss. It's her. Yeah, they found her so fast. Mm-hmm. And all they had to do was show her a picture of her daughter. <laughs> and she's like, and my suddenly- memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they were like saying that this girl couldn't find her mom, I thought like, oh, they're setting up like a season long story arc where they find right. this girl's mom and then they didn't even really like it was the next scene and they had already found her. <laughs> I felt that too. I like I thought it would end in this episode because I know like the whole show has to end in five episodes and this isn't going right. to be important to the plot. But the way they were doing it really did give you that impression because like Ryu, Q and Cosma are all like, yeah, we're going to help you find her mom. No matter, you know, we're going to do it. And mm-hmm. then the, then it's like, 30 seconds, 10 seconds later, it's like, we did it. <laughs> yeah. There was like a big info dump at the end where they were like, here's all the details. Mm-hmm. And uh, that felt pretty Scooby-Dooey as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of Scooby-Doo, the one uh, part of the mystery that we did skip over is that the cute little puppy was relevant. Oh, the, the dog was important. So yeah. basically, Makoto had the puppy hold the wind chime and sent the puppy into the maze so that it would sound like the ghost went into the maze. And then puppy just ran under the little hole at the dead end. So right. that's the whole thing. She and the dog would part ways at the entrance to the maze before someone could chase the dog through the maze. And, she, and in the time that they're running around in the maze, she took off the disguise and, and whatnot and disappeared. Mm. 
pretty straightforward, pretty, um, not a stretch, I would say, you know, makes sense. Yeah, I bought it. I think Scooby-Doo, the thing about Scooby-Doo solutions is they're, they're kind of a stretch. Yeah, Scooby-Doo solutions are like, there's no way old man Jenkins had like the resources <laughs> and the like, the fabrication lab required <laughs> like to put this whole like this man's a genius yeah. he should should be working in a lab he shouldn't be terrorizing children in a ghost costume yeah coversely they they set up makoto to have all the resources she needed they even had a point in the, sh the episode where they're like the older woman was like yeah makoto's mother always dressed nice she always had a, right. a nice kimono for going over to people's houses so we oh. know why she has a kimono i think also sophia what you're saying is one thing that is smart about the premise of this show which is the organization pluto designs murder plans for people so it's like, yeah, this is just an ordinary person. He shouldn't necessarily be able to come up with this strange, bizarre, like very elaborate murder. But it's like, no, someone else did it for him. And that's why he that's why he had all the things. Got it. But, you know, not that that would mattered today. <laughs> just a, a cup a, like four little moments we got to talk about. The mm -hmm. first is they finally have this feast to celebrate Ryu. Yes. Hot mom returns in all her hot mom glory. Did you catch her apron <laughs> when she's I didn't. making dinner? What, what's the deal with the apron? It's just a little tea kettle with steam on it, and it says hot in English on it. So we've oh. called her hot mom in absence of her having hot an actual mom. name. And Ryu is like touched that Q's mom was worried about him. And he's mm -hmm. like, is this what having a mother is? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. At the end, he was like, mom? <laughs> and we were like, Oh, oh no. He was just sort of saying the words like like mom, huh, in Japanese. So I think it's more oh. like he was like, like, this is what a mom is like, not like, is this my mom now? <laughs> mm. Okay. But they subtitled it a little, a little literally, yeah. This I whole see. episode was just a poor translation of uh, the children's book, Are You My Mother? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she made that whole feast. And then there's that scene that we, that we touched on earlier, which is the Pluto scene. Um, mm -hmm. And basically nothing happens. They're just like, oh, Ryu is staying with Q. Should we go get him? We, we the people that are associated with his grandfather. And they're like, nope, because we've got a spy in their school. Mm -hmm. Which gets named uh, Echidna. Echidna is the name of the spy. Yeah, which if you're not Japanese or Australian, you don't know, probably might not, or if you've never played Sonic the Hedgehog, you might not know that an Echidna is a spiky anteater. I don't, that's not relevant, but... <laughs> I did know because of Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, this is not the first or even the second, but the third anime I am aware of where the name Echidna has been associated with like a mysterious woman. So I think we can expect that this will be another uh, female Ooh, agent, okay. even though we've not Knuckles met her yet. Knuckles is not a mysterious woman, though. Uh, Knuckles is not a mysterious woman. <laughs> he is mysterious. At, in his, uh, is he? In his first introduction in Sonic 3, yes, Knuckles is very mysterious. Oh, I so I'm going to take this opportunity to talk about the next our next episode of our podcast because they are like, oh no, we've got a spy inside of DDS, and the teaser for next episode sus suggests that this is going to be very important because there's some kind of mystery with a Maya princess or a princess named Maya. I'm not sure from the subtitles what the deal right. is. I can't help you out now because I was too distracted by how sexy the next episode is going to be. <laughs> they're clearly traveling somewhere and they're in the bathtubs. Yeah, they're in a hot springs hotel. Ooh, sounds nice. So... Join us for that. We're covering three episodes of Detective Academy Q. And like we said, it's our second to last podcast episode covering this anime. So we're going to learn a lot. And then we've got, I don't know, and then more stuff will happen after that. I don't know what to tell you. That's what's happening next week. Well, we are coming up on the end of the series. And a right. big trope in anime is using a hot springs hotel and something called night visits to forward romantic subplots. Uh, so I wonder if we're going to get any of our potential romantic subplots forwarded. <laughs> Night visits at the Hot Springs Hotel next week on mm -hmm. Dying Message, the Detective Anime Mystery Podcast. <laughs> Mom has a scene where she kind of thinks back to her dead husband or missing husband. Mm -hmm. She looks at a, one of his old ring. Which is a very tacky Sherlock Holmes ring. <laughs> I've got like three of those, but... 
It's a very tacky piece of jewelry, which is meant to tell us like a little too like ham fistedly. This guy was probably a detective, yeah. <laughs> but only like a hint of it. <laughs> mm. Oh, because is that like a thing? The detectives have rings. Well, I mean, it just had Sherlock Holmes on it, so I think they were just being very. Oh, <laughs> oh! It literally had Sherlock Holmes on the. Yeah, he ring. had like, like a little the, the Sherlock Holmes hat oh. and the, the pipe. Yeah, yeah. Not observant. I did not see that. I was like, oh. Uh... Like a graduation ring. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Which to me, now I'm school. I'm now wondering if like the detective that saved Q was his father, but then he somehow died as a a result of saving Q oh, from his yeah. kidnapper or something. That could be. That certainly could be. So she's protecting Q from the sad truth. Sophia, did you watch past the credits? I don't believe so. What was the little stinger? What was uh, basically, Q just pretends to be headless, and Ryu is like just very dry about it. He's like, "Isn't this funny?" And he's like, "It's not going to be funny forever, Q." <laughs> That's mm. all. Just Q beating no, the joke into the ground. No, I didn't see that. It was cute. It was fine. All right. So as we wrap up our presents that we're giving each other for the holidays, and also wrap up this episode, <laughs> does anybody have anything we missed that you wanted to talk about? That you'll be awake all night if we don't get to. Yeah, I feel like we really hit the main points. I will be thinking about Lunchables tonight, though. (laughs) (laughs) Do we need to come back to Lunchables? (laughs) That's my podcast. (laughs) It's just about yearning. (laughs) (laughs) So So you've seen this one episode. Very different than Monster, I would say. Yeah. And you said it. You said it's kind of similar to Scooby Doo. Are there other things that makes you think of, or like, did you like it? What? It, or- oh well, when I found out that there was like a detective school, I was like, oh, this is like Spy Kids, and I loved Spy Kids <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, not <laughs> entirely unlike Spy Kids. Not unlike Spy Kids, and then reminded me a little bit of like the Teen Titans show. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Just kind of like the age group and the kids hanging out. I can see that. Ryu is definitely like a ter- got some Terra energy. He's got like, he works for the evil organization, but he doesn't want to because he made a friend. That's like a good, solid character connection. Yeah. Did you like it? Um, It was, you know, not what I usually watch. <laughs> 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 it was fun. I liked watching with my brother. Maybe I'll try to find a an anime of his of his choosing next. Because he was having trouble with connecting to the characters here, but um, no, it was it was definitely cute. It was um, distracting from uh, the reality of November twenty twenty. Yeah, what a month! What a year! Took me out of that. What a time to be alive. This was a twenty five minutes where you're more likely to encounter two headless women in kimonos on the street than to encounter a, a Trump Pence lawn sign and that's a mm-hmm. blessing and that is a blessing. a blessing um yeah my parents had some biden signs up in their yard and they got taken down in my neighborhood or my my suburban pennsylvania neighborhood so very sounds cool. like uh i'm gonna send over q and ryu and q's mom yeah and they're, they're i never find, saw that mystery it's probably just them. the people across the street <laughs> It's like, is that a mystery you want? You like don't want to know. Yeah, I also like. I could riff off of this for a long time, but <laughs> it's not the question. The question was, did I like the anime? <laughs> yes, I did. you can join us for our spinoff politics podcast, okay. which is a dying country. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Biden message. Biden message. <laughs> yeah, it rolls right off the tongue. Not sponsored by the Democratic National Committee, but if they want to give us money, if they, they want to send us some lunchables, Biden message podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> you know. We're not part of the deep state, just part of deep mysteries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, just in a deep state of mystery. <laughs> <I don't laughs> exactly. <know. laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
I'm sure some of that conversation will get through the edits. <laughs> <laughs> I think it. I think it will. I think we turned it around. Okay. <laughs> we Just like we that. turned around. Okay. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, hoping we haven't offended or alienated any of our audience. Um, if you still like us, you can send us a, a pod, an email at dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you thought about this episode. Um, tell us if you've ever stuffed towels under your clothes and for what reason. And just send us photos. Why not? <laughs> Period? Any photos? Well, any photos, because we haven't received any, even though I keep begging for images of some kind to describe on the podcast, uh, but specifically if you're pretending to be headless. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you can rig up a pretty good headless disguise, we would love to see that. And yeah, Sophia, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm glad you were able to watch this with your brother, because it's, it's, it's almost the kind of thing he would enjoy. <laughs> yeah i mean it was yeah it was like r- right in the middle of like a show that he would watch and a show that i would watch so it was like a nice average are you gonna tell the mystery of the the dongle oh you're you're getting slightly ahead of my script oh i'm sorry edit this out no, well, <laughs> I might. no this is the part where i where i thank you for coming on the podcast and saying it. it's been it's been great to catch up and to and to yeah see you and and this is now the part where I speak directly to you who are listening to this podcast. This time I'm actually staring directly into my microphone as if I'm making eye contact with someone. But I, again, that does not translate over a podcast. I could be looking at anything and you wouldn't know. But I'm speaking to you because we're really glad that you're here listening to the podcast. Hopefully that you're enjoying it. Um, I mean, you're here in episode 24, so that's a good sign. And um, you can support the podcast in a few different ways. The main thing is to rate us on iTunes and to write a comment there telling people that you enjoyed listening to the podcast because uh, otherwise it'll be a mystery for them. Is this podcast any good? You can solve that mystery. You can be our podcast fan detective. And there's other ways to stay in touch with us beyond just email and listening to the podcast. You can connect with us on Facebook, Dying Message Podcast. We're on Twitter at Dying Message Pod. On all the different podcasting sites, you can, you know, like us, subscribe, follow us, whatever it is on those respective platforms. Um, But now I am stepping down from the platform, uh, walking across the stage and taking my seat in a comfy chair as I remember that I need to now ask Sophia about the mystery of the vanishing dongles. Well, so I didn't know the word dongle until you shared it with me. Um, (laughs) I was just calling it like a headphone jack converter. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, basically... um, I have an old speaker that it's like an it's nice and loud, but it still has an old tiny audio jack, and so I can't plug my iPhone into it. So I have a lot of I kept having to buy a dongle to plug it in with because it kept going missing. And then we just moved recently, and I found like four of them under the couch because my cat kept um <laughs> kept moving them and had a little dongle nest uh <laughs> where no one including him could reach it so i actually had cool. a similar experience in uh, a previous apartment where my chapsticks kept going missing and when we went to get a new couch and got rid of the old couch there was literally like 10 chapsticks under the couch where the cat had hidden them <laughs> yeah i like thinking about your two different cats yeah, I like to think about my cat and like my friends' cats getting together for like a play date. I know that like actually <laughs> you have to like acclimate cats to each other and like do it slowly, and you can't just like have them play together for an hour. But <laughs> in my dream world, uh, your cat has a nice supply of dongles to bring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has so much to offer as a friend. If you hung out with Duncan, they could keep their lips um, nice and smooth. Mm. Yeah, my cat's named Banjo. (laughs) That cat had lots of lip balm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But surprisingly, cats, not that interested in running around with wind chimes. They will not take wind chimes if you give them to them. (laughs) Yeah, I would have not been able to suspend my disbelief if that dog character had been a cat. (laughs) (laughs) And that closes the case on this week's Dying Message, the detective anime mystery podcast. 
episode 24, in which we stuff towels under a kimono. Podcast cover art created by Miriam Bloom. Music excerpted from Solve the Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane. Thank you again to our mystery guest, Sophia Demopoulos. Coming up, how hot will it get at the Hotel Hot Springs? Will the traitor in our midst be revealed? Why is concrete so heavy? All that and more when we next examine the scene of the crime for that fatal note, the dying message. No, if you could go back and awkwardly edit you saying in a completely different tone and recording level uh, the real name, that would be great. It Thank is you. Jillian Anderson. <laughs> it is. That's what I I just thought. had to say all of those things out loud in order to think of her name. I was thinking of like Cillian or Killian Murphy, like that actor. They're all kind of interchangeable is what yeah. I say about actors. <laughs> well. What? <laughs> I mean, like, think of what? Is it Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman? Nobody knows who is which. I don't. Can you, could, if, if I gave you a list of movies with Keanu Reeves, Tom Cruise, and like, uh, I don't know, Christian Bale, c- could you tell me who which I was which? I actually find those three men to be very different, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but, but I haven't seen a lot of movies, so <laughs> I might not be able to tell. I don't know, Keanu's like, Keanu's like, yeah, and, and, um. Tom Cruise is like, yeah. <laughs> and like, I'd say they have like different octaves. Oh, yeah. And, Cri- and Christian yeah. Bale is like, yeah. Christian Bale's like, oh. <laughs> only, yeah. in, only in Batman and what was the dragon movie? The girl with the dragon tattoo? He- no. With an actual <laughs> dragon in it, Noah. How to Train, How to train dragon? Your Dragon? No. Braveheart? <laughs> he was no. in um, American Psycho. He was kind of <clears throat> in that. He was like, or I don't know. He was... He... Aragon? Movie. Aragon! It's not anything anything that. remembers. Reign of Fire. There it is. He was oh. very throaty in Reign of Fire. R-E-I-G-N of Fire. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs>